Walking down the road to your favorite comic shop, you see all sorts of activity going on as people emerge from their homes after a long winter. You see children playing in a park across the street, people jogging, walking their pets. It's a real nice day, not a cloud in the sky, the perfect temperature to just break out from the hoodies and maybe even throw on a pair of shorts. You walk into your comic shop, the familiar bell dinging as you enter. You head over to the shelf where you know to find your favorite comic, Cape Chronicles. On the cover, Falcon Girl flying through the air, raindrops falling, as you get the hint that there might also be some tears going down her eyes. Through a crack in the cloud cover above over the city of Halcyon, a silhouetted face is cast over the moon, just staring Lightning bolts streak across the sky, drawn in a way that almost makes the page look as if it were breaking, cracking before your eyes. On the cover, it reads, Fractured, Part 1. Alright, so where we pick up is basically immediately after the events of last issue. Mm -hmm. In the background, there is the Civic Center, and Falcon Girl is in the air, flying away yeah what does falcon girl's face look like right now um i think it's sort of like contorted in pain um she is like trying to get as far away as she can from what she's done um she doesn't know how things have gone so wrong but um i think it's just like twisted into this like horrible grimace as she just flees from what's happened definitely it's been a very stressful time for falcon girl with seemingly everything that could have gone wrong outside of uh, actually getting the villain captured as possible yeah relationships with the team just feel stressed to the breaking point you know, feeling like letting down Captain Falcon, it's definitely a lot. And I don't imagine that Falcon Girl really wants to go back to the base right now, because no. that just means <laughs> more judgment. Yeah. Um, I think, actually, that she's flying off towards the trees in the distance of Halcyon City, like, fully away from everything. And, yeah, uh, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, and I would ask you, would I be able um, to clear Afraid because I'm running from something difficult? That's a good question. You are running away from something difficult, running away from the consequences of your actions. Mm -hmm. I can't say I've never related to that. Mm -hmm. Um. You know what? I think I'll show a kindness here. I think I'll let you clear. All right. So now I only have four conditions. <laughs> That's nothing. I, I can take two more and yeah. be fine. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're flying off towards the woods. You know, not really focused on the where, just the direction. Just wanting to get away from everything. And is there... Is there any kind of special place in the woods that, like, has extra meaning for Falcon Girl? Like, is there, like, I don't know, like, a cabin or a, like, uh, recreation area that, like, used to go to before getting into this hero business? Uh, what, what do you, where do you feel like you're instinctually heading to? I actually was kind of imagining she, like flies until there's basically nothing but um but trees like pine trees and stuff below her and then she descends and when she lands she kind of has no idea where she is um she could like fly up and see some landmarks and things like that but how i was sort of thinking of it was she's just just sort of going off into a direction and figuring that this was um, going to be the farthest from other people. It's also very dark, I'm sure. Um, so she just kind of like lands in the middle of the night in these woods. Yeah, definitely. Just you go ahead and land and it just the panels in this section. It's a full page splash 
uh, once you've you know landed and you're looking around, and everywhere around you just darkness and trees, and yeah, like you just said, you're not quite sure exactly where you are in the uh, forest near Halcyon City, but uh, you're there now. If I remember correctly, you basically either tossed away or just shut off your communicator, right? Um, I don't really remember, but I th- I think that makes sense if she if she like switched it off or something. Um, because probably I think all the team was like immediately like pinging her like, hey, 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 you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think that she would have switched it off. Yeah, and so you just. For the first time in a while, you're just severed from all your responsibilities and all, you know, your ties to people. And it's, it would be an easy fix to just turn back on your communicator, but I don't think you're in the mental space for that. No, she's definitely, like, appreciating the quiet for now and sort of, like, avoiding uh, turning it back on. Yeah, so, like, are you just kind of, like, wandering around letting your physical space physical form get like lost in this woods with your mental state getting lost in you know the metaphorical woods or you know what are you, what are you doing once you land um so i think that when she lands she sort of like looks around can't really see much in front of her much around her um her wings sort of folded and she shivers cuz um i bet it's not super warm you know right now in the middle of the woods Um, And I think that she walks for probably a couple minutes just, like, aimlessly and maybe comes across, like, a little stream and, like, splashes her face and and sits down beside that to, like, uh, contemplate for a minute and think about, you know, the things that have happened and how she, she feels like she can't go back. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Now, like, are you... Are you thinking things over, or are you, what are, you, are you trying to like just completely clear your head of everything, just to you know have that moment to yourself? What's what's going through Falcon Girl's head right now? I think that like you see Falcon Girl, like you see her sort of like thinking in one panel, and there's a panel sort of like replaying the rafters coming down, and like her from above, and the the horror on her face as it happens. Um, And then she shakes those thoughts away and splashes her face with water again. So she's really trying to um, suppress those emotions and um, think about something else by not being in the city still. Um, I think that she's just avoiding it right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, You know, as your mind is, you know, kind of, grazing back and forth on not thinking about the, uh, you know, the rafters coming down. Uh, I don't think you noticed as you were flying out this way, uh, but you definitely notice it now as one of the flashes back into your head of um, the the rafters falling. There's an actual audible sound that goes along with it, and that sound is, you know, the crack of thunder in the sky. You didn't really notice as you were flying off that, you know, storm clouds were starting to roll in. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of jarring at that moment, like that moment of the rafters coming down being, you know, uh, supported, I guess is a word echoed by that thunder crack in the sky. Mm. So, and you know, as your eyes kind of like jot open at that sound, uh, you hear the familiar sound of rushing rain start pouring down while you're uh, next to this stream. Oh, shit. Um, so I think that she is then going to take back off in the air. Um, she had like a jacket. I think she's trying to pull that like, well, I think she tied it around her waist when she, you know, had the wings come out. Mm-hmm. So she's going to sort of like put that over her head to protect her from the rain as much as she can and um, look for either like a cave or maybe a place high in a tree where she can be somewhat shielded from the rain. Yeah. um, I think you start to ascend and 
Uh, as you get up, you start seeing, you know, a lot of like crackling thunder and lightning coming through the air. Um, you know, this is one of those kind of bad storms where Falcon said it, it would be much better to just be on the ground mm-hmm. because, right? you know, with these heavy storms, you never know what could end up happening. And, um, but I think, you know, that momentary pop up into the air, uh, it does point you in the direction. There are, you know, a few like glamping cabins that aren't too far away. And there are some, uh, you know, walking caves that are kind of nearby. So you start heading off in that direction. Um, you know, once you get just enough distance to kind of like, you know, be close enough for walking, uh, dropping back down uh, below the tree line. And uh, I think that's when you notice that uh, a few hundred yards away from where you are piercing through uh, the dark of the forest and, you know, the nighttime, uh, you see a set of headlights turn on what uh, you imagine is one of the uh, back roads of the woods here. And they seem to be heading in the same direction as you are. Hmm. So they're like behind her or? Uh, it's, it's like as if you two were, as if you and the headlights were like heading towards each other. Okay. But then the headlights like turn off to where, you know, you direction of where, you know, like the caves and the glamping cabins. Oh, are. okay. Okay. Um, she is going to try to fly, like, a little bit lower, um, and see if this is something she needs to worry about, or if it looks like it's just someone who happens to be driving at this hour. Uh, yeah, I'd say for that, go ahead and give me and assess the situation. Okay. For our kind readers at home, uh, that is, uh, role plus superior, on a 10 plus, you get to ask two questions from the list. Seven to nine, you get to ask one. And you can take plus one while acting on the answers. And I have a negative two, so that's superior, so negative one. That is pretty good. That is a nine. Nice. All right, so you can choose from what here can I use to blank, what here is the biggest threat, what here is in the greatest danger, who here is most vulnerable to me, and how could we best end this quickly? Um, I'm going to say what here is the biggest threat. So you are coming in, you know, low under the tree lines, kind of darting and dodging through uh, the you know, multiple decades old trees that are you know, filling out this forest and you kind of land and are able to keep, you know, quiet while you're, you know, approaching and, uh, you see that off into one of the, uh, caves nearby, uh, you see that this, uh, that what you realize now is like an SUV while mostly cloaked in shadow, uh, you see that opening up the back door and pulling someone out, you can't quite see who that person being pulled out is. You manage to catch through the uh, momentary glimmer of moonlight through the cloudy sky above uh, the image of Benchmark. Mm. And after seeing them, uh, you know that... You, you know it's definitely them by just hearing it's like all right you uh, come on now we we need to have a little chat and you see them uh, dragging this person uh, into one of the caves so benchmark is dragging them or they're dragging benchmark no benchmark is dragging the person okay noted so I think that this um at this point, I think her her natural superhero instincts 
Um, well, I guess not natural. Her very meticulously trained superhero instincts are starting to uh, kick in a bit, and she's wanting to get a better idea of what's going on here, if this is like Benchmark's lair or, um, or what. And I think that she's going to... Um, Hmm. So the cave, is it like, so I'm sort of imagining it's like sort of in like a, almost like cliffside type of thing. Uh, yeah, it's like not quite a full cliffside, but it's like, you know, the, there are lots of like different like hills and valleys uh-huh. within a, uh, within the forest. And this seems to be like some sort of. You know, some sort of naturally formed cave. Um, just having a general knowledge of, you know, the areas in and around Halcyon City. Uh, you know that some of the caves that are, you know, in the woods, some of them are just kind of like l- little bit glorified tunnels. Some of them are kind of like, you know, underground loops that, you know, go out and around. And there are, like, one or two caves that are kind of, like, the lightest form of spelunking that you can do without needing someone to, like, who's trained to take you down if you're a novice at it. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, from what you can tell, you think this is one of those, like, light spelunking, one in, one entrance in, one entrance out caves. But, you know, it's dark. You're not quite sure if that's the case but you've got a pretty good idea about that um so i think that we see a panel of her going to switch on her communicator sort of instinctively um to update the team on her like location and then she like hesitates that she kind of remembers everything and um she puts her hand back down and i think that she's going to get as close to the cave as she can while still feeling like she might be kind of hidden yeah and uh, I think, you know, you're definitely able to do that. You're kind of sticking to the shadows. And, you know, it's, you're seeing, like, you know, the the headlights of this SUV are still on, kind of, like, illuminating into the cave a little bit. So you're kind of, like, almost, like, creeping behind it, kind of be to be able to get a good look into the cave. And after... You know, a couple minutes of, you know, positioning yourself, you see Benchmark start to walk out of the cave. Uh, He's not dragging anybody. It looks like he's heading back to the SUV to uh, get more things out of it. Okay. Um, So Benchmark is by himself right now? Yeah, he's he is by himself right now. And, you know, just a quick cursory glance around. It doesn't look like there are any other vehicles in the area. It looks like whatever's going on here, it's just Benchmark and the person that they brought here. Um, she is going to attack baby. <laughs> Alrighty. I'm going to directly engage Benchmark. Yeah, she's going to sort of like uh, drop down out of the sky and try to kick him like, you know, square in the chest. Alrighty. Well, I'll just get to pull this back up. Uh, directly engage benchmark. When choosing directly engage a threat against benchmark, roll plus danger. On a hit, trade blows. On a 10 plus, take minus one forward and pick two. On a seven and nine, pick one and take minus one ongoing, in addition to the condition marked from receiving a blow from an opponent. All right. So my danger right now is plus two. I don't get a negative to it because I do not have afraid right now. Awesome. Um, so that is an eight, three and three and two. You get a minus one ongoing and uh, go ahead and mark a condition from the uh, power of that kinetic suit that Benchmark wears. Uh, but oh, yeah. you also get to choose. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's okay. Falcon Girl probably did too. <laughs> um, and you get to go ahead and choose one from this list of take something from them, create an opportunity for your allies. You're kind of on your own here, but we can figure something out for that if you do yeah. choose it. 
uh, impress, surprise, or frighten your opposition, or gain influence over Benchmark? Uh, impress, surprise, or frighten, I think is what she wants to do. I don't think that she thinks she's getting very far with this. I think she just mostly wants to um, take her anger out a little bit, and I think as a result, I'm going to be taking angry. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. So uh, you do this, you fly in, and, um, you know, Benchmark really wasn't expecting to be hit. He thought he was out here uh, all alone and, you know, didn't have any problems. And so he's kind of, like, blown back, and he is knocked off his feet, does a little, like, back roll a couple times back towards the cave. But uh, you get blown back from this as well. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think you kind of like fly back and like hit into a tree, but you're able to, you know, use that to kind of prop yourself up and, you know, be on a better footing than Benchmark is. And Uh Benchmark just kind of looks up like being blinded right now, kind of by the headlights of the SUV, just looking around like, who's there? What's what's going on? Come out and fight. Fight fair if you're going to fight. Um, and then to, you know, take his request, and I think that she's going to sort of, like, come out and with a yell, try to hit him again. Uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, directly engage the threat again. That is less good. Um, that is, so I have plus two to danger, negative one ongoing. So, um, that would be, uh, six and one is, well, that's seven actually. So no, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, so the minus one ongoing doesn't stack, but you do have to mark another, uh, mark another condition. What happens when I mark all of my conditions? Uh, you, you're still in this, but if you, uh, do have to mark another condition beyond what you have. And uh, yeah. for the listeners at home, uh, I would like to remind you that right now, because of uh, the events that happened during issue seven of the comic, uh, right now, technically, uh, Falcon Girl does have six condition boxes, which are higher than the normal uh, five condition boxes that Mask usually has, but that's due to the issues that uh, Sonic Crusher caused at the uh, rave. Uh, for a refresher, go back and check out that episode. Yeah, uh, you would just uh, basically at that point you would be either you know knocked out and removed from the scene until uh, the next one. Uh, yeah, and then normally you know when a multi-person game. Uh, the GM would tell you would come when you could come back in, and then you'd clear a condition. Right. Um, would I actually be able to clear insecure for taking full hardy action without consulting my team? It's up to you entirely. Hmm. I will say this. I think mm-hmm. for this hit, uh, I will waive you taking a condition. Okay. Just because. I feel like right now, given that this is a solo issue, um, there's not really necessarily a team for you to take foolhardy action without consulting. That's fair. That's entirely fair. So, but yeah, I'll say that you know, normally this would kind of, that would kind of you know yeah. qualify for that, but because you don't have a right team around you to do that you know I'll they don't call they don't know what i'm doing they're not gonna know until this comes out exactly <laughs> but yeah that's uh, that's still a connection uh, what would you like to do again from that list uh take something from them create an opportunity impress surprise or frighten or gain influence um hmm i think that she wants to gain influence uh, yeah, as Benchmark is getting up and you're kind of, this time, you know, you're not quite as far away blasted back from it. They start, you know, they're not rolled back as far. They were, you know, anticipating a hit this time. And so you're kind of at this vague sort of stalemate. 
Yeah. And like, oh, of all people to show up, it's you. I'm impressed. What, are you using some kind of like tracking or something? You, you have some kind of hidden tracker on me? Maybe you're not just as sneaky as you think. Hmm. Well, I don't know how you knew where I'd be or what I'm, what's going on, but I think that you've had a pretty busy evening yourself, and they kind of like hit a couple buttons on their uh, forearm on the suit, and there starts coming a uh, a radio cast about uh, things that are going on at back at the uh, Civic Center. They're just like saying like, none reported dead, several injured at uh, villain attack at Rave. Uh, seems that there was a bunch of unorganized heroes who were uh, at the at the event. And while they were able to stop the uh, bad guy, currently there are, uh, currently authorities are questioning uh, those involved to see to and ascertain the events of the evening. And they just kind of like boop on there to shut the radio broadcast off. She looks just like very angry as she like stares at him. Um, and uh, I think that, gosh, what does she want to do? I think she's a little bit paralyzed at this particular second. Um, and she's going to say, um, who do you have in there? It's not important right now. What is important right now? Are you okay? Why do you care? That's a fair question. I care because the heroine gig is a hard life. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes. What matters is how you bounce back from this. I told you before, I don't have time for heroes that are going to waver. I've fought you before, and while I didn't expect you out here, you're not at your best. So I'll ask you again. Are you okay? Who's in the cave? Let's just say I've had a long overdue meeting planned with somebody. Um, She's going to get up and try to fly towards the cave. Yeah, I think he's going to try and uh, reach out to you know, grab your leg as you're flying by. And he's going to say, I wasn't finished with you yet. Um, She's going to try to kick her leg out of his grip, but um, she'll stay sort of like a, you know, whoops. Um, She'll stay sort of flapping um, her wings so that she's still like um, maybe like a couple feet away from him, but she is looking at him. I'm going to say unleash your powers on this because as you're trying to kick away, you just... I think you actually notice, like, just how quick Benchmark is, and the oh, answer okay. kind of surprises you. Okay, so that's plus Freak. I have a negative two and another negative one, um, and that's a zero, so negative three to whatever I roll. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I rolled a three. I got a zero. Cliff, how could you do this to my girl? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't the one who accumulated <laughs> so many conditions. How could you do this? How could Cliff do this? <laughs> that needs to just be the forever masked <laughs> meme. Oh, my God. Yeah, she gets a wow as I think, the lowest in my short time playing masks to get a zero on a roll. She fucking, like, I don't know, fucking falls out of the air or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think what happens here is before you realize what's happened, you felt Benchmark grab your leg, and you're trying to pull away, and your position kind of shifts quickly to, you know, like, adjust, and you think for a second that... You're kind of like floating up in the air to, you know, just be facing Benchmark. But 
reality sets in real quick, and you realize that you've got these, like, some kind of, like, wrist bonds on, and you feel, like, something hard at your back. You kind of, like, look around and take stock of what's going on. In the instant that Benchmark grabbed your leg, you're now up against the SUV. You've got these magnetic bracelets on that have that are holding you to the car and you know, you're trying to fight against it and your, your arms are just stuck against this car and you've quickly been neutralized in this moment. Oh shit. Um, she's going to struggle sort of fruitlessly and be like, let me go. Not until we get to have a little bit of a chat here. She kicks at him fruitlessly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and she's like, she's like, I'm not going to say anything to you. You can't get anything out of me. Look, I don't want any information on your tactics or any of that. Like, you heard the folks on the radio. Y'all, y'all's team is a bunch of chaos. I, I've been there. I've done that. What I do want is just to know one simple thing. Why do you want to be a hero? Hey everyone, it's your old pal Cliff here. I just wanted to take a moment to say here in these mid-rolls, which I know we haven't really been doing a whole lot of lately, but just want to say thank you for listening to Cape Chronicles. We really enjoy putting it out for you, and it means a lot to us that you've been along for the ride. So I want to talk about this issue and the next issue, uh, possibly a couple more. After the events of issues five through seven, all the characters are kind of in their feels about different things, and we wanted to take the opportunity to explore that as we're ramping up towards the end of this first season. So uh, what you're going to get is you're going to get that exploration into what's going on with the characters and kind of take a glimpse at the things that they're able to do on their own and examine really if there's strength in numbers as they say or if one person really can do it all but again I just want to thank you for listening Uh, there's a lot of great shows that Project Derail puts out that you can listen to as well Uh, you've got Tales of the Void Fair you've got Fables Around the Table Big Streaming Pile and the recently acquired It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast Uh, so you you should go give them a listen see what's going on around there. Also, be sure to check out projectderailed.com where you can find different kind of articles about all sorts of nerdy topics as well as get notified whenever a new podcast episode comes out. Uh, In addition to that, you can check out the Project Derailed Discord. There's always some kind of nonsense going on there and you can hear me do silly things all the time because I crave attention. I want people to like me. Can I be your friend? Let me be your friend. Anyway, that's going to be it for this mid-roll here, so let's go ahead and get you back to the episode proper. Again, thanks for listening. Take care. Spike your hair. Woo-woo-woo. You know it. Why do you want to be a hero? Um, she sort of glares at him. And says through gritted teeth, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. You got that whole morals and all that. Why? But that's not the whole answer. That's not an answer that's going to carry you through watching somebody you love have to sacrifice themselves because they're afraid of what they might do. It's not going to carry you through when... You've got some kind of world eater coming through who's going to take out everything you love, starting with the people closest to you. So I'll ask you again. Why do you want to be a hero? Um, She continues to glare at him. And uh, there is sort of like a little bit of a falter this time. Um, But she will repeat the line. It's the right thing to do. Okay. Well, maybe I'll give you a little bit of incentive here. 
It's Rapid Falcon in the cave. What? Yeah, you heard me. It's Rapid Falcon in the cave. She's struggling a lot harder now. He gets in just just outside the range of your kicking feet. I'll tell you what. I'll go in. I'll get him out. And I'll let you fly off with him and get back to your base or whatever plan you've got going on. If you'll indulge me in this line of thought. Because here's the deal. I see a bit of potential in you and those boneheads that you hang out with. But you're unrefined. Right now, y'all are useless. And there's going to be coming a time real soon where, whether you like it or not, we're on the same side. And I need to know whether or not I need to stop wasting my time with y'all and find people who are up to the challenges that we're going to be facing. Or if I can trust you to put the interests of everyone else ahead of what you're doing. So I'm going to ask you one more time. Why do you want to be a hero? Um, so <laughs> I think that she's taking this all in for a moment. Um, there's probably a, a couple of panels of silence. Um, and then I think she's going to say, I don't know. Well, it's as good a start as any. So here's the deal. Aegis ain't to be trusted. I've had a long time of dealing with them in more places than I care to admit. Aegis is only interested in one thing. That's control. Aegis will lie. Aegis will cheat. Aegis will do the things that heroes won't do. They'll manipulate you. They'll make you think that if you stand against them, you're on the wrong side. But it's all about control. And that's what I brought Falcon here to tell him. Unfortunately, even though we've worked together in the past, he didn't want to hear it. So the reason I had to bring him out here is the same reason I got you up against the car right now. I need you to listen. I get why y'all don't trust me. I need you to think long and hard, bird girl. Think about why you want to be a hero. Think about why you want to put yourself through this. And right now, I think that he is pushing your, strangely, your superior up and your mundane down. Yeah, I think she's going to accept that. So superior up and mundane down. There's going to be... A lot of things happening soon that I need you to be ready for. And that news report, as far as I'm concerned, y'all ain't ready yet. But you're going to have to get ready in a hurry. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I promise you that whether you like it or not, we're going to be on the same side. Whether that's just in name only, you know, that's going to be it's going to be what Aegis decided. Because once they get a certain amount of power, they deem anyone who's not an Aegis-affiliated hero a vigilante. And I can tell that y'all weren't really big fans of them coming in when we first encountered each other uh, as that big group out on the docks. You got good instincts. Y'all know that something's fishy about them. What that is yet, I ain't figured out. Maybe you'll have better luck just because you have a little bit of a cleaner nose than I do. But you see him kind of like bring his arm up, hit a button on his little wrist panel, and you feel the for the the force holding uh, your arms release, and the little bracelets kind of drop to the ground. Yeah, I think by this point she had stopped struggling. Um, she lands you know back on the ground and is uh like sort of like calm basically and still um looking at him and she says um okay think about if it's working worth it bird girl think about if it's worth it 
it ain't going to be easy. And yeah, it is the right thing to do. But there's always a little bit that's selfish about being a hero. <laughs> Go get Rapid Falcon. He's maybe like 20 feet in. Um, she starts to walk away, but then she turns around. And um, she says, I want to help people. That's my answer. Well, you can start by helping Falcon. And she's going to sort of like regard Benchmark for a minute and then go into the cave. Yeah. Uh, you go into the cave and basically just outside of the light of the headlights, uh, you see uh, wrists bound behind him, unconscious currently, but, but breathing, is Rapid Falcon. Uh, but you see that he doesn't have his costume on. It's just, basically, your uncle was caught unawares. Yeah. Um, so his wings... Oh, shit. I lost my phone. Um, so his wings are um, mechanical, I believe, that we've established. So he wouldn't have those on, correct? Yeah. It's okay. like It looks like, you know, he knew that y'all had a night off, so he decided... So he has a night off. Yeah. And so... <laughs> He decided to take advantage of that. Looks like he he's not dressed in his normal, like, you know, just training stuff. It looks like, you know, jeans, a shirt. Might have gone out to get dinner or maybe see a movie or something. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she is going to um, sort of like under his arms, like haul him up and try to uh, fly away and get him back to the get him back to the base. Yeah. And I think as you're. Uh, doing that, you see Benchmark is actually getting into the SUV, and he kind of looks up as you're flying out and says, We're really not that different, kid. Um, she sort of, like, hesitates in the air while she sees him, and uh, she looks at him and gives one nod and then flies off back towards the base. Yeah. Uh, I think that when you get back to the base... Um, Quasi is back there. He's in his little uh, area that he's kind of carved out of the training mats. And he's dead asleep. You know that when he's asleep like that, it is Only chicken hard. will wake him. <laughs> yeah, it is You gotta hold a bucket hard. of KFC under his nose. <laughs> exactly. And I think that... Rapid Falcon's starting to come too when uh, you get back to the base. Um, yeah, she uh, gets him back to uh, probably like the medical bay if he's like injured. Um, and she starts to try to patch him up as, as best as she can. And um, when he starts to stir, um, she says, Are you all right, Uncle Deacon? Ugh, Amelia, Ugh, feels like I got hit by a sack of bricks. Where, where are we? We're back at the base. Uh, that, what, what, what happened? I, 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 I'm not totally sure what happened. Um, I saw you being taken away. I, I tracked it. Um, I got you back. I'm, I'm. I'm not sure who it was or anything. We're going to have to be real careful. Was, if they got me out of costume, that means they know who I am. and Right. That'll likely mean they might have an idea of who you are. We need to be careful. Yeah, we can install extra security things. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll get on that in the morning oh boy hey how how was the concert thing did you have a did you have a good time um there was uh, it's you should rest we can talk about it in the morning okay okay i think that i think that might be for the best but we'll we'll get we'll get on it in the morning. Ugh. Feels like I've got 
symbols crashing in my head. Are you sure you didn't get any kind of visual on who did this? I don't know. It was a dark car. I, 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 I don't know. It didn't have any license plates or anything. We're going to need to be extra careful then. Yeah, right. I think I'm going to go ahead and take a nap now. Okay. Yeah, so you see him kind of get up off of the med bay table and start heading uh, to the upper part of the facility where your bedrooms are and leaves you with watching him head out, the sound of medical equipment whirring by, mm-hmm. and the light snoring of a uh, genetically modified raptor in the background. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that she is not necessarily going to go up to her room um, because she wants um, a quick escape route when Rapid Falcon figures out what it is that's going on. Um, so I think that she is going to um, sort of set up uh, set up shop in the library um, and uh, try to get out that way if needed. The library slash training facility. Yeah. Uh, are you going to just uh, kind of like just crash there for the night or are you going to do any kind of like research or anything before you? Uh... I think that, um, yeah, actually, I think that she like sort of um, she goes to her room really fast and kind of checks to make sure that Falcon really is asleep. And um, she grabs her like pillows and, and blankets and things from her room. Um, and she takes them down to the library and, uh, she sits in front of the computer. Um, she's probably still soaking wet. She probably has basically only put her hair up into a ponytail and that's about it. And, um, into the computer, she enters in, um, the term Aegis and tries to figure out whatever she can, uh, before sleep overtakes her. Uh, yeah. Um... Unless you're using, I think it's the been reading the files move. I'd say yeah, yeah. Go ahead and roll for that. Um, so been reading the files. I want to say is like you add a thing. Yeah, you state something, and uh, I will tell you what if anything is different than what you found in there. And I believe on a ten plus, you get to ask a follow up question. Okay. Um, and I think that with the right. scene change. Uh, with the scene change from uh, the woods to the facility, that uh, minus one ongoing has cleared off. Okay, awesome. Um, so she is. Um, so she's uh, assessing the situation. It was. Uh, no, it was the been reading the files. It's you roll off of. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Move in that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm using the PDF, so I'm like. Oh, Benchmark just gave me a little bump to Superior. That's nice. That's really good. That's a 12. Awesome. All right. So uh, what is it that you find in the research about them? Hmm. I think that... Hmm. So when she's like, she's like looking through ages, she's looking through um, basic information, whatever Rapid Falcon has uh, has figured out over over his time working working with them about different agents or whatever. Um, I think that she finds in all of this um, buried in the computer, she finds a folder that seems almost like it should be like a program file or something like it's labeled like kind of weird um but she clicks on it after navigating through all sorts of weird ways and i think there she finds something that rapid falcon was like trying to hide that he knows about Aegis. do you want me to be more specific than that or is that okay Uh, no i think that's a good place to build off of this from uh, I think this is a very recent thing. I think it's that uh, Rapid Falcon didn't hasn't brought it up or added it to the main index of Aegis information because, uh, honestly, it's not really something that he seems to have verified yet. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be 
a docket of information that basically kind of shows what the uh, in the last few years the mode that Aegis kind of operates under. And it seems like Benchmark may have been telling you the truth in that situation because uh, it seems like it's got varying lengths of time between when these things happen. Some are quicker, some are slower. But when Aegis gets a foothold in a new area, they kind of do like sort of an open call for heroes to, you know, work with them and get like the kind of things that, you know, heroes don't normally get, like, you know, insurance for when things kind of go bad, healthcare insurance, and all that kind of stuff that seems like perks and everything. Uh, but eventually it does get to the point where uh, Aegis comes in and says that they are, they're the game in town if you're trying to be a hero, and anyone who's not an officially recognized Aegis-affiliated hero is labeled a vigilante, and regardless of the actions that they're taking, uh, they will be hunted down by the uh, heroes working for Aegis because they're putting people at risk. Yeah. Um, I think she's actually going to print this information out. Okay. And then uh, on a 10 plus, you get to ask me a follow-up question, and I have to answer honestly. Mm. Does, so, okay, so we already know one of the Aegis agents. Mm-hmm. Um, so Caldwell Wang is who we know. Yep. Um, does it... And I feel like it is a fair thing that uh, if you can, it doesn't necessarily have to be directly Aegis, but if you can tie it to something relating to Aegis, but it might be a different question that you want to ask. Right. I will go along with that as well. Okay, so then... Okay, so then I think her question is go- my question is going to be, um, do- does she find like information that might suggest that Benchmark was a hero at some point before going up against Aegis? So I think that as you're clicking through all of the uh, stuff here you're seeing you're looking at like a collection of items and you know both the regular Aegis setup and the you know and this like hidden folder and from everything that you're seeing from the you know official press release from the official uh, press release from uh, councilwoman Frankenfeld Frankenfield talking about how since the incident happened that caused Buzzness to sell out, you know, the heroes of Halcyon City to the invading forces, the demise of Dr. Dr. Quantum. Quantum. Yeah. Yeah. From Dr. Quantum's untimely death um, to the things that Benchmark said earlier, there's, you know, a lot of chaos going on. There was a lot of chaos teams not coming together. And you look back at reports from that time. I think that there is a strong possibility that, yes, there was uh, that Benchmark at one point was a hero before adopting this persona. Okay, does she have any idea of, like, who that could be, or... What does Fiona think? What, what do I... Th- who do yeah. I think he is? Yeah. Or... <laughs> I mean, I think that he's Limelight. <laughs> I've been wondering that for a minute. Um, or um, or Stravix. Uh, or no, fuck, probably Jackrabbit. 
I think he's Jackrabbit. That's what I, that's my official guess. I think he's Jackrabbit. Well, uh, you are cycling through some of the clips from the very few times that the group was caught in public, most notably when Buzzness was captured. And there's a little tingling in your mind about the slight cracks whenever Benchmark has been more vulnerable when talking to you. Mm -hmm. And this young hero in these older videos who is in white sweat suit with red neck gaiter and red gloves and boots. They called Jackrabbit. Our boy. <laughs> and I think that's where we'll end our session. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jack. <laughs> that's why he's so good at talking to her. He always did the hard talk. <laughs> Oh, gosh, that was fun. At the end of the session, uh, how do you think the Falcon Girl's feeling? I think that she is going to grow into her own image of herself. I don't think that anything would have really changed in terms of her relationship with the team. I think that she grew away from the team last time. Um, but she didn't talk to them at all, so I don't think that anything that there changed, you know. Mm. Um, so I think that she's going to grow into her own image of herself because I think that that question from Benchmark really like kind of, uh, kind of, um, uh, shook her to her core. Um, so I think that, ooh, Savior's already down as low as it can go. Um, I think that she is going to shift. I think that she's going to shift um, superior down. And I think that she's going to shift freak up. Hmm, that's an interesting choice. Uh, I'm just curious for me, what's, uh, what's some of the thought process behind that? Sure. Um, so I, I shifted superior down because I think that no one had really asked her that before. And she had this moment of like, wait, I don't actually know as much as I think I know. Like, I don't or like I'm not I haven't actually been like thinking about this. And like, God, like what else don't I like realize that's right in front of my face? And I, I'm shifting freak up because um, I'm shifting freak up because uh, she's she feels like a little bit more separated from everyone else now um, that she feels like actually she doesn't belong with the heroes, but she doesn't think that she really belongs with benchmark either. And she like still is dealing with those feelings of having powers that have gone um, completely haywire. So she doesn't really feel like she fits in anywhere yeah that totally makes sense i i love the i wasn't sure about it at first just hearing it but after hearing the reasoning for it yes that absolutely makes sense okay awesome <laughs> all right well uh thanks for listening everybody and we hope that uh you continue to enjoy cape chronicles a uh, bit of a lore session but you need those every once in a while to help make the stakes more meaningful. With that, have a great time and we'll see you next time. That wraps up this issue of Cape Chronicles. Be sure to join us every first and third Wednesday for more exciting heroics. Cape Chronicles is brought to you through the power of masks. Masks, a new generation is written by Brendan Conway and is published by Magpie Games. Visit magpiegames.com for your own copy and get to create your own superhero stories in Halcyon City. For everyone here at Project Derailed, I'm your GM, Cliff, and we'll see you next time. 
Back on Toral, I was a nobody. I got teleported out here, and here I'm something. I'm somebody. The Voidfarer begins maneuvering towards this 200-meter-long space whale. To handle one of these, you need grit. Is that something you have? I'm a tiny little guy. Of course I got grit. If you tried anything, it would end very poorly for you. This alithid dreadnought warps away, accelerating the spell jamming speed as quickly as they arrive. Who the fuck? <laughs> what am I trying to say here, Ravnus? That we're crew. I like that. We're crew. That is a natural one. <sighs> you send yourself sailing out the side of the ship, untethered. Oh. I'm putting a python into the ground. I'm wrapping my rope around it, and I'm jumping into the gravity well. <laughs> a gnome, a halfling, and a half-orc walk into a bar. I forget the middle part, but the punchline is feathers everywhere, and that's not my peanut butter. I cast Tasha's and he's Climb aboard for Tales of the Voidfarer wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, my consequences have actions. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, way around. wait. Projectderailed.com